Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of The Infertile Diagnosis. I'm your host, Monica Cox, along with Sarah Clark, and we're here to support, inspire, and educate those who are all consumed with the label of infertility. We totally know how you're feeling. Both Sarah and I were diagnosed with a form of infertility before we hit our 30s. We let the fertility experts dictate our past and ignored what our bodies were trying to tell us for far too long. So here we are, helping you take control of your infertile diagnosis. Right. Welcome back to episode 11 of the infertile diagnosis. Um, last week we talked about maybe why your diet wasn't working for you. And at the end of it, we started talking about which is harder, a uh, diet or emotional side, because we, we talk about that. There are two really important things to deal with when we're dealing with infertility. Um, so this week we want to talk about dealing with the past. So the past meaning anything kind of before your infertility journey started and really has nothing to do with your infertility for most of us um, and how these insecurities could you know be fucking up your your chances of having you know a healthier um, fertile body and a fertile mindset um, and yeah, on our episode that we talked about dealing with the emotional BS of infertility itself, you know, yeah, the emotional side and the mental side have been kind of like a struggle for me in a sense of even just recognizing that I had insecurities or that I had fears um, about myself. And I felt like through my journey, I really had to. Um, like dive deep and kind of like become aware of all that bullshit. And when you become aware of it, you have to start dealing with it. Right. Yeah. Like our patterns. Yeah. We do the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Like comparison thing. If you're like someone that likes to compare, you will compare in all aspects of your life and especially in infertility. It's like, Oh my goodness, there's my best friend over there getting pregnant, starting her life. I'm stuck over here. You know, so there's, there's times to compare all over the place or yeah. So it's to see the patterns because I coach a lot of people too, about going back to see when that first started back in childhood. When did this, when you, where did you get that idea from and how, how true is it? Whatever yes. that idea rolling around in your head is that either, you know, you're not good enough or you're not smart enough. You're not pretty enough. Like what, whatever, whatever is your thing. And we all have it. And if you don't deal with that pattern, it'll keep coming up. And, and, and it's not that it, it's not to say when you, once you've dealt with it, it still comes up, but then you can go, Oh shit. Well, that's interesting. Right. Why is that there again? Okay. Interesting. And yes. for me, it is a comparison thing I will do. And I, and I immediately, and my initially with the comparison thing, I always thought I needed to go get more education. Oh boy. I need to go get it. I need to get something. And I, my, my husband's like, if you take one more course, I'm going to kick you in the head. Like no more you don't need to do another course. Like, why do you need to do that? So for me growing up, I grew up and I guess in a smart family and I probably felt the dumbest out of everyone, even though I'm like, if you're around smart people, chances are you're probably 
somewhat smart too. And that took me like ages to figure out because I always felt like I wasn't smart enough. But then I like, I want to be with like, yeah, like what's the, the whole smart thing. And I, so I wanted to then take a course to then prop up these feelings of not feeling good enough. And then through the, the infertility journey, it was like the comparison thing of not, yeah, the not good enough. Not that it came that I wanted to take a course during that, during, <laughs> during that period. <laughs> Not at all, but um, there was there was that comparison thing for me, and then not and then me feeling oh I'm I'm here. Um, that's why like for me, like staying in your own lane, doing your own thing, and everything in all aspects of life is like the key to feeling good. And then actually taking steps because I used to always get so frustrated and be banging my head against the wall like with a bunch of stuff I do. I'm like, why isn't this working? And then when I was like when I just kind of like eased up a little bit and like kind of got that, you know, that not being so rigid and stuff like that, then, then it, it felt better. But yeah, for me during the infertility, it was the comparison. Why do you think that you felt um, dumber than your family? I don't know. Isn't that a weird thing? I only, I only thought about that probably in the last year. I was like, why do I have this issue with this like education and feeling smart? And I'm like, because they, because I don't like, I'm not a person talking about politics and things like that. I'm just not interested in it. I love health and wellness. I love like reading and, but I'm just not interested in talking about political events. Yeah. It's just not in, in the news. Not that I don't, I, I don't really like watching the news a lot. I find it very like, I don't know. I just don't feel good. I get worried and such as anything to do with a kid. And so my family is into very, like we're having these sitting at the table, political events, and we're gonna have these huge discussions. And I would always be like, I had nothing to add. Yeah. Okay. I really want to, I, and so, and they're all like very outspoken and everyone's yelling and carrying on. And, and I'm like, but they weren't talking about something that, that I talked about. So yeah. I found my tribe of people that want to talk about, you know, I guess things that I'm interested in. It's not that I'm not, you know, I'm not, you know, I, I will look at the news and I will be informed about things, but that's yeah. just my passion. But yeah, it's interesting where, where that whole, that smart thing came from. And so what, like, what were you as a child then at the table? Was that kind of the same thing of like, maybe the conversations that your parents and your brothers and sisters were were having? My brother, I was like, I was the quiet one. I didn't really say too much. I wasn't really, I didn't have my voice. Like I wasn't able to, so even like doing my podcast now and being like vocal about these sort of things, it's not something that comes naturally to me where I'm like, great, let's like talk and talk about an opinion that's like potentially controversial. And but if, but I'm like so passionate about this and excited about it. And I'm like, I have to get, I kept saying, I got to get out of my own way to be able to get this message out to, to let people know. And you know, like my, like my, I, yeah, my brother's got some like genius IQ. Like it's, so these people are like, but then there's a whole emotional intelligence. And I always think that I'm, I'm way better on the emotional intelligence. I just say that I'm not, I'm not putting down my intelligence, but I'm more, the emotional side, like the emotional intelligence thing and, and being able to like very intuitive and, um, but it gets in your subconscious when you're a kid, right? And you're like, Oh shit, maybe I'm dumb. Yeah. And then you bring it through your, your childhood, your adolescence into your like twenties, thirties. And then all of a sudden infertility hits and you um, find yourself saying, well, maybe I'm not good enough to be a mom. Or maybe yeah. I don't deserve to be a mom. And then it's kind of like, why the fuck am I saying this to myself? Like this, you know, the insecurities stem from your childhood of, you know, for me, I think when I was little, 
my parents were really young when they had us and hadn't dealt with their own bullshit. And um, they were always loving. They always had, we always had a warm place to sleep, food on the table. You know, there was nothing major. But what I noticed um, was that we came from a very teasing family and really both sides of my family. And we teased each other in a negative way. So whatever maybe your downfall was, you would get teased about it all the time. And I see it now still in my family. And I'm like, that's not good because that shit's going to creep up on you and your, your kids are like in your 30s or like I see my aunts or uncles or my mom or my dad. And, you know, these inse- I see their insecurities come out and I'm like, that comment that was a joke isn't funny to you in your subconscious. And they're like, oh, you know, I have really good conversations with my mom now. And she's like, oh, yeah, you're right. You know, and I see her like um, and I find myself too, like you get triggered and you're like, why? Why was I triggered? And yeah, so I think my insecurities stemmed from that. You know, you always got called out in a joking way of what you were doing wrong. And then I also got called Wendy the whiner all the time. And that Wendy the whiner wasn't invited and she should go away. So basically what I was being told is whatever emotion you're having right now isn't valid. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) And, um, I just took that into my childhood. And when I look back at myself now and no one would have really said this, knowing me growing up in high school, in my twenties, and even in my thirties that I was insecure, like really insecure to the point where I had to boost my own ego up in a way, you know, that is a very negative way of maybe looking bad at other people or, you know, taking my situation and going, oh, woe's me or whatnot in my head and maybe being a little bit fake about it all. And especially in my early infertility years, um, and just trying to project this like, oh, I, I'm so happy for you, you know, oh, life's great, no, life's fine. And in reality, it wasn't for a really long time. And yeah, it's, it's funny how infertility, I think, just brings that out in all of us. Yeah, it highlights those things. Like for me, that's why I, I, then I discovered life coaching and then I went even deeper for, you know, all this stuff and all this self-exploration because you can't coach someone else without going through your own shit and like working through this stuff seeing patterns seeing whatever your your stuff is and being able to it's you know it's never a a perfect thing you're constantly working on it but um but then you end up just actually just focusing on what you're good at like what makes you tick and like i was thinking i need to be some political freaking person that wanted to i'm like i'm not into, I'm, i don't like that stuff so like what i'm doing is is great like mm-hmm. to focus on what you're good at make your eight a ten not your two a four right <laughs> I, I, really with my kids i really label their strength like over and over again but i think for a lot of us be, just because the way the generations happened m- we didn't get that, right? We didn't get that support through our childhood, through our teen years. You know, I look back and I'm like, 
why the hell didn't my parents push me more to excel in dance? That's what I was fucking good at. That's what I love to do. And yet I was this like flippant little girl who played everything. I played baseball. I played basketball. <laughs> like I loved doing everything, but I wasn't good at basketball. <laughs> like I was short. Like what the fuck was I thinking, you know? Um, or even like when I got older, like I was good at track and field. Like why, why, why didn't, but our parents didn't know, right? And it's not judgment on anyone. And this is all really going back to like, you know, looking at yourself and going, why am I having these thoughts of that I'm not good enough person to be a mom? Um, and maybe this is my infertility is why I, um, it, or not why I'm thinking this. Um, sorry, brain fart. Um, so yeah. Where was I going with that? Um, sorry, I'm so hot here. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm getting back to that our infertility just exposes our insecurities and then therefore, I mean, heightens the fact that um, we do have these feelings of being broken, of being not good enough, of not deserving to be a mom. And I think that's why the emotional side of... Um, you know, the wellness is so important because you first have to start digging deep into why and going into your past that you're speaking to your way to yourself this way and dealing with that shit. And um, I think a lot will come out of it. And it doesn't have to be these huge um, like trauma events. You know, I think if you do have a big life traumatic event that has happened and you haven't dealt with it like that is your number one thing right you need to work on that shit but if you're maybe like us where we're thinking well there's nothing big that happened in my life that would make me feel that way where we all have that shit and I was even thinking the other day and I actually ended up having a few tears in my eyes as I I discovered that I was uh, very like I push people away I'm very guarded and um, I was like, why do I do this? And in middle school, when you're just kind of becoming like your own person, right? Your friends are your life. I had, there was a group of five of us, which is probably never a good mix because <laughs> it's an odd number and someone's always vying for someone else's attention. But um, I happened to be friends with four mixed race girls. I was only like white little girl in the, in the group. And to me that was like nothing it didn't matter like and for them I thought it didn't matter and long story short one girl I think didn't like me <laughs> and like saw out to like put riffs in the group and one day in a conversation she accused me of calling them the n-word mm. and um, I had a slip of the tongue when she said, are you calling us that? And I went, yes. And the moment I said it, I was like, no, of course I'm not calling you that. Um, and this was in uh, the early 90s when like Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre, and it kind of started becoming a thing where um, African Americans like took back that word and people were using it. Um, more and especially like the Hispanics at our school were using it towards people. And that was our conversation. And anyways, she took it and ran with it. And that week in school, I was eating lunch in the cafeteria because I was labeled a racist. Mm. And, you know, you lost, I lost my world. You know, these girls were my world at that time. And even the two that weren't there and one of them, um, 
my best friend out of the group just took their side and didn't have a discussion with me of like what was the conversation or what actually really went on. And I can pinpoint that moment now of where I emotionally went guard. I like, I'm putting up this guard. So anyone who comes into my life, I'm going to be super overprotective of my feelings because I got smashed. Right. And you know, like, I think when you look back at your past, those kind of pivotal moments change you. And, um, I think I brushed it off a lot, especially, I mean, in high school, things got better. I mean, a few months later, things got better, you know, they worked themselves out, but my emotional damage was done, right? Um, I never really, I became friends with some of them again, um, and I keep in contact with one of them, but um, yeah, it just really set me up, especially in high school, um, when you're secure about life, no, no matter who you are, right? Like there's very, it's very rare to find a high school student that is like overly confident um, about everything in their life. But um, yeah, it, it's really interesting that my infertility kind of brought that to light of like, okay, you need to deal with that shit because you do push people away. You're not trusting. And, you know, the people in your life don't deserve that because they are loving honest people yeah i had that guarding thing too from my dad because he was kind of like a he'd be like friendly one minute and then he'd be yelling the next so then i thought to myself i won't get close and then and then with you know with a bunch of relationships too i wouldn't really go there like i had a whole thing weird thing about saying i love you you know even to my husband for like years they wouldn't we we would just rarely say i love you and then i'm like this is ridiculous ridiculous how did we get into this thing and now it's like every time we hang the phone up whatever and we say it I just didn't want to have my kids growing up in a household where I'm like mom couldn't even say I love you it was like this weird you know my parents were very very loving but um and my dad probably more more so than my mom but but he, he was just kind of like his his mood was up and up and down and I, I didn't like when he was upset at me and so I'm like well screw you I'll just be like over here you don't affect me and then I think that's when then I, I kind of you know, in times of, of, um, like when shit's going down, I go into like, I don't go into the feeling crying. That is just not my personality. I go into the, let's take action and the solution person. Mm -hmm. So like solution focused, it's almost insane. Like I find it now, like it's shit went down last week with my, with my daughter. And I just went into like this full solution mode. I'm like, Oh my God, look at you. You're so I think it's a strength, but also, um, sometimes you gotta, you got to sit in it for a little bit and um, feel right. that or then it just come, you know, comes up. Yeah. Like I'm the same way. It's just kind of I'll block it, push it down and, you know, be defensive about it all. Uh, I used to be, I think I still am, you know, I feel like these things are so deep rooted that, mm -hmm. you know, let's say like, because we're talking about infertility, you deal with them during your years and like, like your baby comes along, or if you don't deal with them and your baby comes along, yeah. you're just going to bring that shit into your childhood life, just like you said. Yeah. And that was for me, the, the joking teasing, um, that is not in my household. Um, we don't even say, you know, things like you are a bad kid for doing that. It's like, your kid's not bad. The behavior is bad. Exactly. So I say, yes, I said to my son, I'm like, I do not like your behavior right now. You wouldn't have gluten. Now you're acting. Your behavior is very like erratic, blah, 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 blah. You are a wonderful person, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It's, um, 
yeah, it's interesting. I think parents, as as a whole other podcast, of parenting. Yeah. And, yeah and no, then, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, it's. Um, but if yeah, you if you don't heal those or address those issues, it 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 gets transferred on and transferred on to your kids. And so, you know, in going through the fertility journey, to look at it in a positive way it would be like you get some time to actually work on your shit yeah and be able to like work on your mindset work on bringing like your healthy diet and um i guess back to that diet and mindset piece why why i think the i just think a lot of people will go right to the mindset instead of and, and work on that and then but really ignore the diet piece so yeah I, just what i just see over and over again and they think that there's it's just just the block um which it could be but it could be that whopper that you're eating every day too <laughs> just just to put that out there yeah no i i think uh everyone knows now it's uh you gotta have a healthy diet whatever that looks like for you um but um those emotional sides and you know tapping into your past and dealing with your shit is um extremely important because I think, um, you know, when those thoughts of I'm not good enough, or maybe I don't deserve it, I feel like that's your, like, for me, like a way of uh, justifying subconsciously to eat like shit, or to keep up unhealthy practices that you know, aren't good for you, whether that's poor sleep, or, you know, going out and partying, or eating shitty food, you know, I think that there is a switch in your head that when you start dealing with your emotions, that you're like, I'm not treating my body good enough. And my body is telling me through infertility and probably through a lot of other symptoms mm -hmm. that you're not healthy enough to have a baby. Um, so I think they are definitely, um, if you're, I don't know, like if you're just ready to really like make huge self-improvement if it's not just about i want to be pregnant because being pregnant you can get pregnant with drugs you can get pregnant on ivf um when you're not necessarily when your body's not ready to um uh, so and I, I i feel grateful for my failed ivfs because it made me have to dig deep you know it, i didn't choose this this wasn't this was not on my radar um at all and if that first ivf worked for us i wouldn't be the same person i was today so i have to in hindsight look back and go thank fuck it didn't work because i would have brought not only probably unhealthy children into the world um and now had to deal with all their health issues and their emotional issues, I would have brought a lot more emotional baggage onto them because I didn't deal with my shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, like, I think I've, I don't think I've shared this before here, but I, when I interviewed Dr. Ben Lynch talking about, he's like, we spent 12 to 18 months, you know, planning our wedding. Why do we expect to spend one month to get pregnant? Let's switch that around. Yeah. You know, 12 months at least, like six months at least to then give your, your body like a, a fighting chance to bring a, to have a great, a great pregnancy and, and baby. And if it's not working right now, like rushing ahead. And I think that that is both our ultimate goal in life. You know, we, we know the quick, the quick fixes. We know the lingo to say to women to, Hey, join up and pay this money and we'll get you pregnant in six months. 
Um, and we don't say that one, because it's bullshit. We just don't believe in it. And two, our ultimate goal probably isn't to get you pregnant. Our ultimate goal is to help you have healthy, healthy and happy children and you yourself be healthy and happy. Um, that is our ultimate goal. That is our, our mission of why we are doing what we are doing now. And, you know, sharing like personal, you know, issues like, yeah, I don't like talking about emotions. I don't like talking about my past. I mean, I've got a lot, man. Now I should go on like Dr. Who's that? Oprah guy. I need to go on Oprah. <laughs> but um, I, like, I'm just, I want to share and highlight that it doesn't have to be big events. You know, it doesn't have to be, um, you know, you, t you, you watch people, I think sometimes the media like dramatizes like people who have gone through these amazing hardships and have like come out the other side. But like, what about just normal people who have just through the generations just been kind of beaten up or beaten down subconsciously. And now we're trying to fix all that shit, you know, our, like, we're trying to not fix everyone, but I'm saying like help people realize that your normal life or your normal health issues, all that kind of stuff has been built up and your infertility is shining a huge spotlight on it going, help me, fix me, you know, yeah. do the work that you need to do to improve our situation. Yeah. And it'll help having a, your, your healthy pregnancy, postpartum and kids. So it's, it's not it's, focusing on this. There's never, there's never a downside on it. Mm-hmm. It's uncomfortable. <laughs> it's uncomfortable, but that's where the, the the best, you know, to be able to get those like epiphanies when you're 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 you know realizing that loop you have in your head of this whatever you're saying to yourself is not even your your voice to begin with, and it's all bullshit. And that you know, and that it came from like this event that happened when you were like in grade four. Mm -hmm. You trace it back, and you're like, wow. And then you can then move forward. Like in coaching, um, it's just to be again aware of those patterns because we all have them and see. Yep take take the time to examine it and and you know now now it's there's if you look at something for a reason i, I don't know like there's 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 i think there's just something something in here to 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 dig deeper and to to see what's you know what can you explore that um you know to to help yourself at the, at this stage yeah yeah definitely um, so we're going to make this a short episode today, um, and we hope that this gives you a little bit of encouragement to look back at your past, see if there's you know anything that you've been ignoring or haven't been wanting to deal with, and give yourself permission to deal with that shit and find a way to do it. You know, either through coaching, through therapy, through journaling. Um, you know, there's lots of different ways that you can take control of your emotions and, and start um, getting mentally healthy and ready to carry you through the rest of your journey to parenthood and beyond. Um, I know it's fucking annoying. I know it was annoying when people said it to me, but um, shit's going to go down when you get pregnant. <laughs> you know, like having kids is no joke. Um, and so if you are mentally, if you can mentally come out strong through infertility, the rest of your journey through your pregnancy and parenthood and life is just going to be that much better. 
So thank you once again, Sarah, for joining us. And uh, next week is our Q&A. So stay tuned for that. We're doing all the facts about liquids. because I think there's a lot of liquids that we um, consume or don't consume or should consume. <laughs> so thank you once again. Uh, always a pleasure having you guys listen. Please um, let us know how you're liking um, what we're doing and if we can do things better. Um, let us know. But until next week, we'll see you soon. Bye. A few more things before you go. If you like what we're doing, please leave a review and or a rating. We would greatly appreciate it and it would totally help us out. Also, if you like to connect with either of us, you can find me, Monica, over at mymindfulme.com and you can connect with Sarah over on fabfertile.com. All the links you need to find us on our websites, our social media, any products we talk about, book, special offers, or any guests that we have on, you're going to find all that information in the show notes. So that's it. Thank you once again for being with us here on the Infertile Diagnosis and have a beautiful day.